Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is with the greatest thing of all sports. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Oh, it is the last day of the year, the last ticket water cooler of the year, I suppose I should say, because there's actually one more day, but it lands on the weekend, so we don't have a show uh, tomorrow. But uh, Rico is out today. He is uh, enjoying a free day for himself uh, and his wife. They both got the day off. They still took the kids to daycare, so that's uh, that's definitely the way to go about it so they can have a date themselves. So hopefully he's enjoying himself out there. But we've got to stay tuned to our tradition here on the Ticket Water Cooler and talk to Brian Munson of Husker Online in On3 one last time before the new year. And what a time to do it because there's uh, the bowl season is well under its way and it's going to be a busy week this week. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Flying it solo. I hope Rico and his wife are having a pleasant day off hanging out there in Lincoln. And uh, yeah, man, one day one day left before we get into that, that last kind of thing, buddy. And it's been, wow, what a year. Like, what a year looking back. Not just the bowl season. Like, bowl season has been great so far. I mean, I think you would agree. Like, the Kansas-Arkansas game has been awesome. Oh, yeah. The, the Texas game last night was really fun to watch. I think that Iowa's in for a rude awakening with Kentucky. I mean, there's there's some stuff that, that look like really it's – it's been a great bowl year. But, like, the year – just, like, looking back in Nebraska football, like, as I just kind of lost – got lost for, like, 30 minutes just going, my gosh, I cannot believe what has happened over the last 12 months. It has been – it's been quite a wild ride that feels – you know, and, and even we say the year, but it's only been, what, like three or four months uh, for Nebraska football season. It still feels like something like a trip to Ireland. That feels like that was, like, two years ago. Uh, but exactly. <laughs> But it's all – it's been a lot of going on. And, of course, uh, Matt Rule stepping in, doing a great job with this first recruiting class. Um, I guess the big question still uh, remains, is it, is it done? Of course, they had early signing day, a lot of smoke around Cameron Linhart. Lim- is that still the, the expectation? Is that he would be a Husker, or is that the kind of the crystal ball you would give? I think that that's kind of the takeaway here. Um, I, I, we do know, you know, following the Nebraska visit, he was pondering several other possible official visits. It sounds like uh, we, we've kind of confirmed it that he went to Maryland uh, the, the, the 16th, which would be the week after he was in Lincoln. So he, he's taken three official visits with two of them going to Nebraska one, once in June, once in, once in December. And then he followed it up with a visit to Maryland. Now I think, I don't think it's, I don't think that this is something that comes across very well from time to time, like with people that, that read the articles and don't get a chance to hear the, hear the voices of these recruits. I will tell you what, I was never convinced that like Cameron Lenhart was like a hundred percent in the boat, you know, with his commitment in August. I, I just, I never heard happiness in his voice. It was more matter of fact. It was more, this is what I'm going to be doing. And then I caught him at IMG between the Nebraska visit and the Maryland visit. And the dude was on cloud nine. I mean, it was a completely and totally different tone when it came to, I, I think just how happy he was with what was going on at Nebraska, like just the, the, the tone in his voice and, and the and, and what we were kind of trying to cover. So I think things look good with him, and that'll be a January 3rd announcement on the Under Armour All-American game. 
And there's still another player in that game, obviously, I think we'll talk about here shortly, that, that could be announcing for Nebraska. Interesting. Why don't we just uh, why don't we just roll right into that? Who who is who is the other expected or, or our guy? I always love those games because uh, I, you know I just love it. really the football game seems to be the background. You just kind of wait for the commits if there's a player or two ready for Nebraska or picking for Nebraska. And uh, it feels like it's been a few years since that's kind of been the case. Who who else should Nebraska fans be looking for? And I'm with you because it's like. When's the last time that one of these picking situations, you know, on a on a national television, national televised All American game, like went Nebraska's way? I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm struggling. Like maybe William Yancey, like maybe that was the one. Like, and that's going way back. Um, so, Ethan Nation, who was in Lincoln on December 16th for an official visit from Roswell, Georgia, is a is a three star cornerback. He's part of the part of the Under Armour All-American game uh, scenario, too. He will be in making his announcement on December 3rd as well, which is a Tuesday. So it's after we all, you know, roll out and do the thing on New Year's and you get your traditional holiday, then the Monday after, because stuff falls on a Sunday for the holiday. The next day on that Tuesday, we should all be tuning in because I, 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 Ethan Nation will be making his announcement and Cameron Lenhart will be making his. I think things look really good here for Nebraska. I know that he sits on he's sitting on like over fifty offers, and some of those offers are from you know Tennessee and Alabama, and and he's taken a, a number of unofficial visits, but he's only taken one official visit, and it's to Nebraska. And the interest I know for him was just completely and totally out of left field. Like he was going about his day on that Friday until Nebraska called him twice or three times finally connected and then literally sent a car to go get him, to get him to the airport, to bring him to Lincoln. I mean, it was fast and furious, and he got a very good sense, though, for the Nebraska staff in that short amount of time about how serious they are for him and, and of course, you know, where they can kind of see him playing for them, you know, uh, once he can get to Lincoln. So, I mean, great. It's always awesome when you get that kind of validation, you know, with, uh, with all American games that this guy is on that kind of level that's that caliber of a dude um so it's always nice to have like that kind of that kind of value and quality of of, of the players that you know coming into your class that, that are that are that are seen that way across the board uh nationally but ethan nation would be the other one to go along with cameron lenhart yeah that would be an interesting uh recruiting weekend for nebraska i guess uh, just as you kind of step back and look at the recruiting or scholarship numbers now i think they had 21 in the class if you can get those two um that would be 23 is that would that probably be about wrapping it up for this this class then I think so. I mean, there's <clears throat> there's not a lot of other 2023 guys that are kind of sitting out there from a from either a high school or junior college level that I, I'm. I mean, there there is Chimdi Uma Oma that that's from the offensive lineman from the East Coast. He may be a guy that that could that could slide in there in January. I think you're. St- I think you start really starting to take a look at more portal transfer activity kind of here going out you know all the offers that have that have and there's been a there's been a number of offers you know basically since christmas which i've been kind of laughing about it's like as i try to catch my breath from signing day still <laughs> uh the coaching staff is working on the 2024 and 2025 guys but there's there's been really no movement on the 2023 guys there's if there if there are guys laying around like an ashley williams nothing on that front chimney oma that's going to be one that i'll have to catch up with him maybe, you know, on, on the second or the third and just see what it is he's kind of thinking about because you will have an official visit weekend, I think, that that weekend of the 6th. 
um, it's kind of a, it's kind of the, the, the recruiting schedule, the calendar is a little bit strange in the month of January. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really necessarily understand like why they did what they did, except to get kind of an extra visit weekend in because they used to be shut down to like the middle of, of January. But mm. now I think they're bringing in uh, players for that first weekend right after the new year. But I think it's a lot because of the portal guys and having to get things ready for them to enroll, you know, a week and a half later. Uh, we are speaking with Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. This is, of course, the Ticket Water Cooler 93.7, the ticket. I'm Jake Bakoven. Uh I did want to, to ask you, because I, I had this question framed to me the other day, and I, I thought it would be a, you know, a better question for you. If you look at the way that, you know, not just the recruiting class, but the transfer class, just the the way that this team uh, or this this initial, uh, I, I guess, push to to get your own guys, as they say in here. Though Matt Rule says all these all the players are his own guys. Do you see this more as kind of Matt Rule knowing that he's got time to to put in a foundation, or does this seem to be more trying to win in year one? Which which strategy do you think uh, he's leaning toward more here? Hmm. Um. You know, there's when I look at the names on the transfers, they they hit the they hit the spots that I think you and I have talked about before, where we knew that there was going to be a need to go do something secondary, safety in particular, need to go do something, need to get stuff up front. You got your defensive lineman, you got your offensive lineman, long snapper. Eh, that's one of those things. that's like if you know that the long snapper's name, it's usually for a bad reason. So the good long snappers go go their entire career. You don't even know who the heck is snapping the ball at any one moment. So I, I feel like they knew that they had a couple of hot spots. Like if they were really kind of just looking at things that they felt like there were three, maybe four spots. I still think tight ends, maybe like that one spot still that's, that's really, you know, they need to, they need to do something about it, but I think that they feel okay based on, you know, what else is kind of there and coming back. Like they just want to get their hands on it. Like I, and I, and when I say get their hands on it, it's not just them in the spring. I think that they're, they're looking at this also like from, you know, when we get back in January, guys, we are in the weight room. We are, we are in the laboratory. We are, we are hitting things right away, right out the gate. We will be ready for this by spring ball. Um, so the winter conditioning, you know, weightlifting part is going to be critical in Lincoln and then leading into spring practices. So I, I, I want to say that there's, it's not band-aids, it, it's, it's, it's gauze and it's gauze and dressing hmm. that they're putting in a few spots, but they still have got that hot spot of a tight end. And if they're really serious about running any type of odd front, they may want to consider still looking for that true nose tackle. Hmm. Otherwise, I think, I think this is very much about, not a panic mode thing. We know we had some problems. We're getting those short up, and then we want to get our hands on, you know, what's going on with the, the current roster. And I think one of the the biggest, uh, you know, things they addressed looked to be like Ben Scott over there from Arizona State, who looked yep. like he was, wants to play center because that's what his uh, his his outlook looks like for the NFL. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, about what that addition for, does for Nebraska and also his relationship with the Riola family? Yeah, it's. It's huge, and Sean uh, Sean Callen had a great story about him. You know, he's got he's got family back in my hometown of Columbus, Nebraska. So his his entire mom side of his family is uh is back there in Columbus. He obviously has the relationship with Donovan Rayola and, and ties back to to brother Dominic going back to St. Louis High School back in Honolulu. Um, I I really felt like this was. <laughs> This was kind of a, I felt like this was a bigger slam dunk for Nebraska coming off of 
that official visit weekend when Ben was there. And then to have things suddenly trend for Auburn was really, really, really puzzling. Um, but for him to kind of come back and say, like, look, you know, he's played right tackle at, at Arizona State. And, you know, he's kind of done, I think he's done about as many starts at the center position. And I think he's played some other spots uh, after that. But this is a guy that really sees his future and what's going to get him to the next level is playing that center position. And that's a, that's a very acquired, you know, kind of skill set. You, you, you've got to be able to, to, to set, to set protection. You got to be able to play with that, you know, that one hand on the, on the football. And he does so many things well mainly because he's such a great athlete. So it's kind of a Cameron Jurgens kind of thing, right? Um, where you're putting a really good athlete at that center position and letting him just kind of go out there and, and lead and do things. And, and he's able to pull, he's able to kind of, he's able to kind of scoop and he's able to do his zone blocking and, and, and he, and he's a, he's a finisher. There's so many things to like about him and his film. It's, it's a huge get for him. Probably still something that Nebraska would like to do is, get back in the portal though still and try to find maybe another guy or two, like an offensive tackle or a guy that can kind of swing between guard and tackle. I, I just, I feel like one guy from where that offensive line was at last season is not going to be enough. Even if Prohaska gets back and is completely and totally healthy, I think you're still looking for, you know, another guy to kind of come in there and bring in some other D1 experience that can kind of take some pressure off those guys that have been really thrown into situations to play very early in their careers when that's really not what's made what's made nebraska like the pipeline university before it's like you kind of come up through the ranks and then you're kind of groomed and then all of a sudden it's yours when the guy in front of you is gone these guys have been really thrown to the wolves very very early in their career yeah absolutely and uh, maybe that's uh, stunted some of their development there uh i did want to ask you too this week was uh, kind of big as far as not retaining players you know they lost out on garrett nelson who wants to uh, pursue his dreams in the nfl colton feast deciding to move on from football um that front seven now doesn't have a whole lot of starters coming back or at least you know kind of studs that you would would look forward to um how big of a loss is is it in in you know because we talk about all the time your biggest recruiting sometimes is re- recruiting your own players those are two yep. kind of in-state kids that you know. I don't know how how you kind of felt about out about it, but maybe just because of their their in you know the fact that they're from in-state, I thought you might have a, a chance to talk them back. I, I thought so too. I, I really felt like that was kind of going to be that 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 guiding light to kind of get them back was going to be that the fact that they that this is what they wanted to do you know their entire lives, but. You know, maybe it's just <clears throat> you're putting another thing on top of on top of that last thing. That last thing is in that last year. It's like, look, it took me so long to get here in the first place, and I've already had to endure changes when it came to you know the way things were, and then what happened, and and now all of a sudden it's like I got to go through a, a second change. I, I get that, I, I really do, but but you really kind of hope that there was going to be something something more about being that in-state guy but but that being said I mean you you are losing those guys up front Garrett Nelson would have been uh, a lot of fun to watch you know out that hybrid spot whether it's on the weak side or the strong side and whether he was hanging the dirt or in a two-point he really could have had a, a an opportunity to kind of take some pressure off of that defense by just coming back in and and showing those guys and leading those guys by some by some example but you're gonna have to now lean on your Kai Wallens and your chief boarders and they're going to have to be that positive you know kind of example for a guy like Maverick Noonan who will be coming up and, and playing the same position as those guys 
Um, so I, I think that Nebraska went out and did the right thing by kind of staggering what they had going on with the junior college and the portal transfer, but would have certainly been a nice boost to keep one of, if not both of those guys for next year. All right, before we do it, this is the last uh, last show of the year, last appearance for you, so let's have a little bit of fun before we get into it. The, uh, of course, the semifinals for the championship game uh, is this week, TCU and Michigan, Ohio State, uh, and Georgia. We'll get your pick here in a second for what the championship game will be, but how about this? How about just your favorite player of all time for each individual school? We'll start with Georgia. Oh, <clears throat> tough, tough to look past Herschel. Oh I mean, yeah, really, really, really tough to to look past Herschel Walker. Yeah, that's a that'd probably be a pretty popular pick. Uh, let's go with Michigan. Um, you know, I I I liked watching Hutchinson. I loved I loved talking right. to him in high school. Um, is he my favorite all time? Not much. I'm not much of a Wolverine guy, man. I mean, I think people <laughs> would probably say that Desmond Howard was they're going to be their favorites, but I really thought that. What Hutchinson did was nothing short of amazing, and I felt like he's, he's kind of proved that so far in his NFL career. Yeah, that was it's, that was definitely a fun story last year. Uh, let's go with now TCU. My favorite, oh, Ladalian Thomason. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just there's so many kids these days that don't even know who LT was. I mean, oh, what a fun dude to watch run to run the football and like the whole draft thing with him and Breeze going to San Diego in the same year. What a coup that was. So, yeah, yeah I, I would have to go with Tomlinson. And I'll always remember about him is Nebraska was one year away from playing him because uh, they, they played TCU the next season after he left. Um, Casey, yep. Casey Printers was still there. So that's a throwback. Uh, but uh, number four, uh, Ohio State, your favorite Buckeye of all time. Oh, you know what? I, I've got a personal connection to one now, and it'll always be this way. Love the kid to death. I'm going to say Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm. I know he didn't play this year. I know he's not going to be in the bowl game there tonight. I, I find it terribly, terribly um, disappointing that Buckeye fans thought that they were a better team without him this year. And uh, he is so incredibly talented. I hope he is there for the Bills at pick 32 <laughs> in the NFL draft because that dude is a special player. Yeah, I, I definitely I watched him last year. He definitely tore up Nebraska when they played them in a close game, though. But uh, as far as Smith and Jigba goes, he had quite the game. All right, that'll wrap it up for our interview and for the season with Brian Munson. Of course, we'll bring you back uh, in the next Friday. We'll keep hopefully, hopefully trying to get you coming back. But just for the year, thanks for joining us on the Ticket Water Cooler and have a happy new year. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Talk to you soon. All right, there he goes. That's Brian Munson, Husker Online and on three. Uh, always great to have him in on a Friday. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll bring in Nick, who is, uh, of course, going to be part of the happy hour today with Nate because Rico is gone. But we'll bring in him and get our kind of thoughts. I kind of want to hear, you know, a little bit of a younger generation, maybe what some of his favorite players from those schools will be. I'll also talk Nebraska defeating Iowa. It happened in football. It happened in basketball, and we love it. We'll talk about that coming up next here on 93.7 The Ticket.